Can't wait for summer? Old Navy's huge summer sale starts now. All jeans, all tees, all dresses, and all shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Shorts from $12 for adults, $7 for kids. Buy online and pick up in-store for free today. All jeans, tees, dresses, and shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 5-6 to 5-12. Excludes in-store clearance, active, licensed, men's packaged, and flag tees. You know, you know, I was over here, I was all chilled out and everything was fine and my fuck fucking fonts all tiny. And I can't hear the fucking intro music, so I hope you guys heard it, because I didn't hear it in my headset. Um, And, you know, yesterday I was talking about um, entitled readers, and um, I talked about the misogynist, the homophobe, and the dumbass from down under who had a bash fest in my honor in a Yahoo group. Well, the misogynist? emailed me today and asked me if he could rejoin my site so he could read my stuff. I fucking kid you not. I fucking... Uh, oh! Oh, the gall! The gall! Uh, Anyways, I got some chocolate pie. I made a chocolate, um, a Death by Chocolate Pie. It has a chocolate cookie crust. And then I put a, um, I lined the crust. Not yet, Gavin, but I'm going to tear him a new one after the show. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure if he worth that much time. Um, I did a dark chocolate icing um, over the crust. And then I put uh, milk chocolate silk uh, pudding and dark chocolate putting together, and I made Death by Chocolate, and then I did a layer of um, of whipped cream, and then I poured, <laughs> I poured hot fudge over the whole thing and stuck it in the fridge. It's sitting on my desk, and um, actually, despite all the chocolate, it's not all that, it's only like, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe 45 carbs. <laughs> It's just terrible, but I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm going to have it. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so that was in my email. I should I should not have checked my email. I checked my email uh, literally 30 seconds before the show started, and there was that dick bag in my email. Um, thanks, Gavin. I appreciate the um, insult insert for me. Oh, God. Anyways, tonight's question is questions is about research. There are two different ones. I'd remind everybody in the chat room to put their font up on big so I can see it. Uh, there were two different questions, and they're listed uh, below the uh, window where the radio show is currently going on. And basically, they're both asking questions about in research 
and um, I'm going to share my process with you tonight. I gave myself an hour. I probably won't use the whole hour, but I thought it's better to have more time than not enough time and get cut off. <clears throat> Anyways. And also, it's important to note that Christian Kane doesn't work at my library. That's why I put it on there, because it's important. Because he's the hottest fucking librarian I've ever seen, and I don't know why he's not at my library. I mean, I deserve nice things and hot librarians. I don't know why I don't got one. I really don't. All my librarians are old, and I really like my librarians, but they're not Christian Kane. It just seems really unfair in a terrible, terrible way. I think the best resource that you have as a writer is a librarian. Uh, the Internet is great. The Internet is fantastic, but there is nothing quite like the interaction you can get from a librarian, especially one who likes their job, and you can go into the library and scope out a table, and you ask them a question, and 20 minutes later you've got 50 books sitting on your table. It's amazing. It's great. I love it. I, I go to the library a lot. It's one of my favorite places to go. I love the smell of old books, and I love um, finding out new things with my librarian and exploring things. And They're Internet savvy, too, so you're going to get Internet stuff, too, so don't worry about that part. Um, it's just great. It's a, it's a great way to focus yourself because um, a librarian will zero in on your question and they'll keep you very focused if you get a really good one. So I highly recommend that you visit your local library and check that out if you get the opportunity to do so. Um, <clears throat> what I do is I plot um, basically uh, over the years being involved in a writing group, we've all developed a very similar process. And it's because we <clears throat> spend so much time together as writers and, oh, I'm doing this today. Well, I'll do that too because it's going to be great. And the next thing you know, like everybody around you is basically exploring the same process because that way if you need help in your process, you can go to this person who's also doing it the same way. Like, oh, can you what do you have on this and get you know there's a cooperation there um a writer's co-op so to so to speak um but uh so what i do is i plot i plot um um i i ask myself a, a series of questions after i plot first i do my plot with external motivations and events these are events that impact your character against their will these are super important because they um, define your space, they define your pace and your action and your um, overall conclusion of your story. Um, my internal motivation plot is mostly built on character. It's character development. It's pure character development. You have to not only determine what your character wants, what they don't have, and what they'll have at the end. You have to figure out how they're going to move and grow in your plot. And this is your internal motivations plot. Lots of people do these together. I do them separate. You might not even be aware of the fact that you're doing them together. It's just cause and effect, which is what internal and external motivation is. 
this happens to the character. The character responds this way. That's internal and external motivations. So if you want to break it down into a project where we all know very well, we can try Harry Potter. In Harry Potter, um, Voldemort comes to Godric's Hollow and he murders Harry's parents and tries to murder Harry. That is an extremely, that's the external event that begins Harry Potter. The internal comes from several different um, um, different directions in those moments after the murder and those days after the murder of James and Lily. Sirius ends up in Azkaban. Mm, Azkaban, ever how you say that? Because he chases after Peter. The ministry is so fucking corrupt, they don't even put him on trial. That's an external factor. Dumbledore takes Harry to the Dursleys. That's external. Dumbledore's motivations for taking him to the Dursleys is internal. Whatever they may be, whatever you decide they are, because we never really get a good clue of that. In canon, it's that encompassing the blood protection and the blood wards, and he has to live with his aunt because his mother sacrificed, and that was never really fully explained. Um, and how can wards on a house protect Harry when he's not in the house? Whatever. Okay, so, and Minerva doesn't want to leave him there because she thinks they're the worst kind of muggle. And you don't know what that really means in the beginning of Harry Potter. You don't know, well, first of all, as a reader, you don't know that Minerva is actual, um, was actually raised in a muggle home. Um, in fact, I don't think you find that out in the movies or the books. I think that's like a Pottermore thing, that she's a half-blood. And that her father was a muggle. And that her mother gave up magic to marry this muggle man. So you don't know what Minerva is really saying. What her internal conflict is about leaving Harry on this doorstep in November at 15 months old. Beyond the fact that she says the Dursleys are the worst kind of Muggle. Good night, babe. So that's what you know. No, that was my husband. Uh, I wasn't telling you guys good night. I wasn't calling you guys babe. I mean, I could, but I didn't. Um, it. So those are all, that's internal. Hagrid has some internal stuff going on. He's, he's taking Harry to um, the Muggle world, and he um, took Harry from serious and he doesn't really understand what's going on there what happened and um so all these internal things are happening and there's the external things that are happening and then when okay the next big huge external event in harry potter is his hogwarts letter and when he gets his letter it it ripples throughout the throughout the plot i mean like okay first we learned that harry's a wizard of course we kind of knew that at the beginning already but harry didn't know harry didn't know he was a wizard so harry finds out he's a wizard um hagrid rescues him harry um finds out that there's a magical world beyond the muggle one that he's lived in all of his life and he finds out he's famous these are all events that are um impacted by the external 
letter arrival. And then there's all these emotions that Harry feels learning about his parents and realizing that they're not what his aunt has told them and that his parents were murdered. They weren't killed in an accident. And um, that he himself was almost murdered, and he's famous for it. And that's terrible. And he also has a big ball of gold, <laughs> which is not so terrible. <laughs> now, so when I'm building a plot, I think about ex- external and internal motivations as I'm building my plot. And after I build my plot, I sit down and I ask myself questions about each chapter. What do I need to know about chapter one? So I list the characters that I assume are going to be in my chapter. And this is if I'm building a new world, not if I'm building um, something, not if I'm playing in a world that that's I've, that I've already built. Because I'll I tend to reuse themes for that very reason to avoid this kind of work. Um, so, so say I'm building a whole new world. I, I, I need to know what this world is. I need to know what kind of environment this is. I need to know. Um, what the percentage of water is on the planet, if I'm literally building a new planet. Um, so you ask yourself these questions. What do you need to know? What must you know? And you need to do this before you ever go near a research source, whether it be the library or the Internet, because if you go into it having not asked yourself these must-know questions, you're going to fall into the research abyss and never come out. And then you'll never write your story. So what you need to do is determine what you must know to begin writing, what is super important for your plot and for your characters. If your character is a doctor, what's he a doctor of? How important is that? Are you going to be able to talk um, intelligently about his work? How much research will you have to do about his or her work in order to make his character believably an astrophysicist? or to make his character believably a wizard? Um, Do you need to make up magical concepts? Do you need to research um, mysticism and magic in the real world and see how that works and see what you can push into your concept? Um, Do you need to know what the closest galaxy is to the Milky Way? Do you need to know what the closest solar system is from Sol, which is our universe, I mean, our solar system. Do you need to know how long it would take you to travel um, in current technology from here to Mars? You need, if you need to know these answers, you need to know them before you start. So if you ask yourself all these questions in advance, what do I need to know to write this? You move through your plot. And if you're a pantser, I honestly don't know how you would research. I really don't. I pantsers. I think the, I, I only know one pantser in my in my writing group, and she spends upwards of a year writing a single book because every time she needs to know something, she has to stop writing and go research it. And so she'll research it for two or three weeks and not write at all, and then come back. Now my plot phase on a new original project is about a month after I've done my plot documents and I've done my character profiles, I do my research questions. I can average anywhere from 20 to 200 questions for my project depending on what it is. Contemporary work um, set on Earth 
in a mo- you know in a modern time is like maybe twenty twenty five questions like where is my hero from where what's my hero do for a living how do you get a medical license in Vermont or Maine uh, just you know those kinds of things but if you're building a world or if you're exploring um, space if you're on a different planet you're going to have more questions just think about the different kind of questions you would ask yourself if you set your story on Pandora versus Earth. How is my character going to breathe on Pandora? Is my character going to have an avatar on on, on Pandora? Well, you know, you, you know what I'm getting at, right? You have to determine for yourself how many questions you need and then you need to answer all those questions. And the important part is is you answer the questions and then you move on to your next question. And then when you run out of questions, you stop researching and you go right. You must stop at the end of your question list and start writing. You can go back to research, and sometimes you have to. I mean, I've done it. I did it with Ties That Bind because I did all my work for Ties That Bind. And for the record, I looked it up. I had 92 questions for my uh, research phase of Ties That Bind. And some of them were answered by reading Zant's work, and some of them were answered by reading um, various BDSM resources and um, visiting a toy shop. (laughs) Research. The things you have to do. It was such a sacrifice on my part. Um, And buy a glass dildo. You know, just just stuff you have to do as a writer to make your stuff authentic. You have to, you know, you have to make these sacrifices. Um, Anyways, so I had 87 or 86 questions um, for uh, Ties That Bind. And then I wrote that first episode of Ties That Bind, or that first novella, and I got all the way to the sex scene, and I had to stop and go back and do more research. And my second research document had 100 questions on it. I had to research tattoos. I had to research... um, uh, countries i i did i did i did a whole bunch of research on the marquis de sade i uh i re- i did some stuff on singapore and japan and the history of the geisha i mean just you know it was a it was a big document so in the end um i had to stop again and do another research phase i think around novella three so i have three question documents for ties that bind and the total number of questions was 231, I believe, total for ties that bind. And no, you cannot see them. That's part of my process. I don't share with anybody. Um, not even Lady Holder sees that stuff. Sorry, I'm not sorry. That's just part. I think part of your um, your um, there are parts of your process that are very personal. I tend to plot. Um, I have composition notebooks, but recently I've I've um, been exploring uh, cloud plotting. So I've been using artist tablets because they don't have lines, and I'm, I make little circles. And I shared one um, on uh, when I was doing my plotting for uh, for uh, the little black dress challenge. Um, so I use both. I use composition notebooks and I use art tablets uh, because that way I can um, do my cloud plotting. You know, make a little circle with your character's name and draw little lines and, you know, connect characters, connect events. It's really it's really interesting to do it that way because you learn about um, 
you learn to connect your events in a very physical way. And so I recommend both. Um, do the uh, traditional outline and do cloud plotting just to see what you like best. So I do. I have um, I have upwards of 500 composition notebooks in my house. And the most terrible part about that is I rarely ever put on the front of them what they are. So if I need something, I'll have to go through like six or seven piles of them to find what I need because I never labeled them, which is terrible. I did finally put a label on the ties that bind one, but it's really easy to find because it's all puffy from being opened so many times and being used. It's like twice the size it's supposed to be because the pages are all fucked up. You know how those books get once they get old and you've handled them a lot and they got a lot of your, your skin oils in the pages. They're not as smooth as they used to be. Um, so, yeah, I use both. I uh, I also use, sometimes I use single subject notebooks. I try not to get anything bigger than that because it can be really annoying to write on. I have um, I have all kinds of notebooks and um, just I have a little notebook I keep in my purse. Um, I do, uh, I use OneNote on the computer. Um, OneNote is free. You can look it up online. There's also, there used to be a link in Rough Trade, but, and there is a link in the resources section of Rough Trade for for OneNote, I highly recommend OneNote. Um, I use OneNote on my computer, on my laptop, and on my tablet. I can also open it on my phone, but I don't because my phone's tiny. Because I I turn my big phone in because I got tired of it. Um, so you know, wherever you're comfortable. I tend to plot on paper first. I do my character profiles in OneNote so that I can snag pictures from the internet and stick in there for motivation. Um. But the biggest thing you can do for yourself when it comes to the research phase is to put limits on how much time you're going to use to do this. Limit yourself by asking your questions before you ever go near a resource. And if you have to add questions, that's fine, but there needs to be an upper limit on that. You need do I really need the answer to this? Do I really need to know what the body temperature of a lion is do I really need to know that? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Needs to you just need to set limits to yourself or you could spend 6 months to a year researching and not write a single word. I've seen I've seen writers do that. It's really um irritating <laughs> to see writers do that. I I I deeply uh I deeply encourage you to plan in advance. Ask your questions. Divide your questions by um, by topic. That helps too. Sometimes, like I'll like say I'm going to research for a week, and on Monday I'll research uh, space travel, and I'll have all my questions on space travel, and then on Tuesday I'm going to research the history of NASA. And I and I'm not actually writing something like this. I'm just giving an example because I've been thinking about reading The Martian. Um, I've been thinking about reading The Martian a lot, and I'm probably going to end up buying it because I'm really, it. I'm really interested in reading it. Anyways, uh, so I, on Tuesday I would research the history of NASA. On Thursday I would research the educational requirements for a mechanical engineer. You know, on Friday I would research. Uh, well, because he has to grow food, probably farming and agriculture. 
I'm sorry, I got distracted by something that happened in chat. It is really interesting because um, someone in chat said that he found his plot um, and the conversation he had to have about John and Rodney having sex was not fun. My mom um, used to buy me notebooks when I was younger and couldn't afford to buy my own because I didn't have a job when I was you know, a teenager. And um, she stopped picking them up by the time I was 17, uh, you know, because, um, yeah, that became something she just didn't do. My um, my mom wants to read my Harry and Hermione fic, and I I um, I told her no, <laughs> but I might make her an ebook of Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond after I finish season one, um, and and put that on her Kindle because I don't want her on my website. Uh, you know, I just it's not a good idea. She would totally out me. She'd be in the chat room, but before I knew it, she'd be in the chat room. There's just no need. There's just no need for that. Um, Anyways, um, I I don't know if I've answered the questions or not. I I feel like I have. Um, I I I I like to go to libraries. I like to use a mixture of resources, both book and internet. Um, I ask my questions. I I do my plot first, and I ask my questions. I write all my questions down, and um, uh, then I go to my resources. Um, I sometimes I'll research at the library first and then come home because what, no, there's nothing more irritating than needing something and not having it because I have the internet at the library too, but I don't have the library at home. So I tend to do the library first and then do the homework on the, the, um, the, on the internet work at home. It's just um, better. It's just better that way. And I don't often check out books anymore um, because I, I tend to forget to take them back and the fees were getting outrageous. They'll call me, hey, can you bring that book back? You've, you've had it for six months, and um, we're going to, like, give you a, a pass on the bill, but you need to bring the book back. <laughs> I, My mom, I'm sure you would have a great deal of fun with my mom. Um, she's fucking hilarious and terrible, but she would also out me. She, It, it wouldn't take – she would not last a day without telling you my real name. I know this. I know this. So it's just best that she not, so we don't cross the streams. It's just better that way. <sighs> Anyways, I hope I've answered your questions about um, starting my research process and how that works. If I didn't and you have more specific questions, feel free to go to ask me the Ask Me Anything um, page on my website and ask a more in-depth question, and I will try again. And I want to what's today's date? Today is Wednesday. On Friday, I have no topic. Tomorrow, I am, I have no idea what I'm discussing tomorrow. Hold on one second, and I will tell you what I'm discussing tomorrow. I mean, anything on my website is so tiny and small. Ever since I turned on that members-only thing on my website, it's been a little slow. I'm working on it in advance, just let you guys know. We're going to talk about betas tomorrow and um, how to um, develop a beta relationship and um, and how that works and um, what works best. 
And if Lady Holder has time, she'll join me tomorrow on Short and Junk. And if she doesn't, then I'll be by myself. But Lady Holder is my beta. And um, I think that uh, it'll be uh, interesting for you guys to hear about our process together. So we will be doing that tomorrow. Um, since I put her on the spot, <laughs> I didn't even ask. See, that's what arrogant best friends do. Sure, we have a process. <laughs> and even if you don't make it for the live chat, remember I am archived, and you can check me out on the archive page on my website. And also on the Ask Me Anything page, I am leaving links to questions that I answer so that you can go back and refer to the question, the original question, and my response. That's our process, Lady Holder. Can you look at this? And then I send her a document. That's our process. That's part of our process. It's not our entire beta process, but it is the beginning. Speaking of which, she got the first 19K of those magic changes, which is part two in the War Mages series. Yes, she did. Don't ask her about it. It's a secret. The content's a secret, not the fact that she got it, obviously. You guys have a great evening, and I will see you tomorrow. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Can't wait for summer? Old Navy's huge summer sale starts now. All jeans, all tees, all dresses, and all shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Shorts from $12 for adults, $7 for kids. Buy online and pick up in-store for free today. All jeans, tees, dresses, and shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 5-6 to 5-12. Excludes in-store clearance. Active, licensed, men's packaged, and flag tees.